Hello everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, the Honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frida are here. Uh, and you, you just heard some ear flaps. But of course, we have a very special guest besides the illustrious Butt Mouth Show in the store. And of course, I would like to welcome the Butt Maestro to welcome the character that we let into the store today. Welcome back, Dr. Alvin Kringle. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the shit they love, which most of the time is movies. And for the second time this year, a Paul Verhoeven movie. <laughs> it's good to have you back dr almond yes and also back by popular demand for the fourth time this year dr almond kringle yeah. thanks for coming buddy he's back y'all love him y'all know him getting kringly <laughs> it's it's all it's all sold out Ooh. it's done for the season <laughs> we don't have no more we're done limited time only indeed Alright, so, uh, you guys see the title of this movie, so you're probably wondering, wait, why did y'all pick this to be the last movie? Because, okay, let's be honest. Right now, as of 2022, uh, the Christmas season is all about commercialism, and what better way to close out the year 2022 than a Paul Verhoeven movie yep. about commercialism? Yep. <laughs> Robocop. Uh, the original 1987 version. So I kind of want to give Dr. Almond Kringle the reins uh, to the video store Slay, I guess. So go ahead and take the reins <laughs> through the through the time dimensional sub dimensional time and tell us a little bit about how much and the reason why you love this movie so much. Yeah, we were talking about before Just the show, and Dr. Almond Kringle gave me a lot of very revealing and important context for this movie. Yeah, and actually, I'm right now wearing the t-shirt that, this isn't my original t-shirt, but this is a gift. I used to work at West Coast Video in Philadelphia, and this is a West Coast Video shirt. West Coast Video completely disappeared while I was in high school, but oh this God. is uh, where I got most of my film, <laughs> That's awesome. my film love from. I, I can confirm, Admiral, you can't see it through the time-space continuum, but he is, in fact, wearing a West Coast video shirt. It's Which pretty great. Direct competition right. with Blockbuster, so, like, yeah. I was about to say, I was about to say you, you put, bring competition in here that don't exist no more? Yeah, so, um, yeah, RoboCop, uh, you know, when they were trying to get it rated, it, it came up back as X several times. Um, so when I was growing up, um, this movie was like, you know, it was like one of those movies that like you had to see as a badge of honor, but most people hadn't seen it because yep. it was like so heavily R-rated when yep. it came out. Um, so it was weird. And I was also thinking about earlier today how like, you know, there are movies that like kids aren't really allowed to see or allowed to go see and everything like that, but yep. it's not as you know it's not like you can really stop kids from seeing you know most of these movies or anybody really cares about them. Whereas back in the day, they literally used to be at the at the theater entrance, yeah. checking your ID and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, now all you need is to be able to count backwards from the year and eighteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> like there there are definitely worse movies than this and by worse i mean way gorier and way violent on every streaming service literally every one yes including disney plus some of the newer Andor shit's pretty heavy, actually. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Yes, That's why they have parental guide settings. But yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was like one of the movies that you know it was was a rite of passage, and you kind of had to see it to to be a kid growing up in the nineties. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought, uh, and and always, you know, and I mean, there's obviously two versions of the movie, like the heavily um the heavily edited version that's the one i watched on youtube yeah <laughs> but maestro was uh, mentioning that he was uh was seeing a very edited version of it and i was just like uh, yeah see that one yeah too. <laughs> but yeah i mean like the you see the raw yeah the raw the one raw where you see even like, the edited version's pretty fucking little... violent <laughs> like they god also damn have it at your local library yeah yeah, the I mean, library. Yeah, and and when you think of the library having in movies like, which were considered to be at the time like super ultra absolute no no, <laughs> I think that's that's awesome too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I uh, these movies were some of those movies just like, you know, Jaws defined how you feel about uh, getting in the water. This movie defined. How you feel about going to Detroit, which, uh, <laughs> enough, it wasn't actually filmed in Detroit, it just, you know, was said to take place in Detroit. Um, was it filmed in Toronto? It was like, uh, Pittsburgh and maybe New York or something like that. Oh my god. I think this was before the All season right. of Toronto. <laughs> Alright, we got the, we got the first and only Detroit joke out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Filming took place almost entirely location in Dallas. Dallas, okay. Uh, with additional uh, additional shooting on sets in Las Colinas and Pittsburgh. So mostly in Dallas. Nice. <laughs> uh, so Dallas. So yeah. So uh, I love I love the the storyline. A violent near apocalyptic Detroit. Like, did it was it that bad in '87? How how far did they have to go further in the timeline of 1987's RoboCop in order for it to be post-apocalyptic? Yeah. Like I'm sorry, near apocalyptic. And and what was the near apocalypse? Like we never exactly. actually got into that. Yeah. They never specified that. Maybe that was a sequel that they wanted to do, but then they were like, "Oh, we're just going to do this now." It, what was it? The first almost AI uprising? Was it the Ed Two Hundred Eight? Oh God! Oh. Okay, so you so you want to talk about that scene? About uh, you have twenty seconds to comply. Uh, Drop your weapon. So <laughs> let, let's jump into the plot. Just like quick synopsis for anyone who somehow hasn't seen this movie. Which like, oh my God! Please go see it. <laughs> Like yeah, even if even if it's just the YouTube censored version, I'd argue that's pretty fucking funny too, because <laughs> uh, you you piece of shirt mother walker, <laughs> <laughs> the flowery language. It's, oh, it's great! It's lovely. Um, yeah, near uh, near future semi dystopian Detroit. Uh, police is having a rough time. Wow, that sounds familiar. 
and uh, <laughs> they employ a cybernetics division, a technology division to nope. essentially you got it supplement. Off, you got it all wrong on that one. No, I'm, I'm, have I got it backwards? Man, you better watch is out. Is the technology division supplementing the police, the police department? Is that how it's working? By a greedy corporation that could be Amazon? Come on, that's got to be Amazon, man. OCP. I'm just like, yeah, yeah man. totally not cop scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how wow. my dyslexic brother probably spelled cop at one point. Jeez, I never even <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> hey, we need an evil corporation uh, with an acronym that uh, is also kind of controlling the cops. Just name it OCP. I don't know. <laughs> or Gip. Uh, Gip. And then uh, Alex Murphy is a, uh, a rookie cop from the north, I believe. North of Detroit. Yeah. And he's they're, come down because... pretty vague about it. But he's a family man. Yeah. And he sees some shit he shouldn't, and he pays the price. Yeah. Um, but they decide to... And a lot of people are like, wait, what's going on? Look, the movie's been out for 35 years. Pays the Price puts it very lightly. They turn him into Swiss cheese. <laughs> With bullets. And he's still, like, alive he's for a few seconds alive. after that. <laughs> Barely moderately alive. There, there are so many things in this movie where people get absolutely annihilated and are still somehow alive. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched I watched Home Alone the other day, and I was like, how are they still alive? Oh my alive? god. Dude, I have watched all of the Saw movies. I'm fine. I've watched all the Hostel movies. No problem. Cringing. Marv stepping on the spike going up the stairs. Nope, I'm done. Can't. Uh, so, you think, did, did Verhoeven direct Home Alone? <laughs> In spirit. In spirit, I just love the. I would absolutely have watched the Paul Verhoeven directed Home Alone that sequel. That would be awesome. Uh, I just love the future. Uh, the tagline is the future of law enforcement, RoboCop. It's like, it's like, come on, man! Like, are you serious? This is bef- this is the prequel to Dread, of ah! course. That's what I thought too when I was watching it. Well, they they were actually. Um, I used to read a lot of Judge Dredd comic books, yeah. and they were actually very influenced, like heavily influenced by Ju- Judge Dredd. Um, and um, I think there was like two shots where they, um, or like one shot where they had an Iron Man comic book in the movie, and then there was like two shots of the Rom comic book, which was an old Marvel yeah. comic book uh, that I used to read back in the day too, um, which was like a human brain in a robot body. Uh, fighting off the evil dire wraiths to protect humankind, huh. or Galador. It was Galador. Galador. Uh, but yeah, they had they had a lot of really interesting like comic book connections for RoboCop as as like an inspiration. Uh, you want to talk about some of the See, sound like effects your... that they're recycling, like the uh, the the Millennium Falcon keeling over when Ed Two Hundred Nine falls apart. Did you guys catch that? Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. That did sound slightly familiar, yeah. Thank you for the context. <laughs> that's that's uh, But yeah. Uh, fucking billion dollar corp- tech corporation uh, 
trying to clean up the streets with AI and androids and robots, and they introduce the Ed 209, and the Ed 209 fucking fails and murks a guy in the, in the boardroom. <laughs> that, that wasn't even Just supposed to be there. destroys him. He wasn't even supposed to be yeah, there. Uh, and then this dude, this other fucking capitalist opportunist, takes his chance... And puts in the RoboCop program. Oh, how convenient. Uh, this uh, this rookie cop just turned into Swiss cheese. Make him RoboCop. Holy shit, it worked. Oh, it worked too well. Whoops. <laughs> it's dismantling everything we built. For, for, for people. Yeah. Because yep. yeah. <laughs> uh, basically he's having these dreams. And he's also... like. And I, I don't know about you guys, but while this movie is going on, I love the intercuts with the commercials. Um, well, I love yeah, the line of, yeah. like, give us 90 seconds, we'll give you the world. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yep. Um, so I have, I have some things that I really want to, uh, to, talk, to, to talk about. So there are things in this post-apocalyptic future of 1987 near post-apocalyptic future. Is there anything specifically that you guys would want from this future? Because I have two things that I want for sure, and I want to get the, I want to tell them right now so I don't forget about mentioning them. But do you guys have anything from the commercials or anything in the background that you guys would want now in year 2022? That's not set in the nah. RoboCop like era. Well, I think arcades. I mean, yeah. I would love to have arcades back. Yeah, I mean, arcades disappeared a long time ago. And I remember there used to be cool arcades all over Louisiana, too. Yeah, and the only big air quotes arcades that exist now are mostly little gambling machines. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Chuck E. Cheese. Looking at you. (laughs) Looking at you, laser tag. I would have to say the board game Nukem. (laughs) Cut off your military aid. I was. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, I had I rewatched that scene like twice. I'm like, this is amazing. Why is this not a real game? I understand why it's not a real game, but why is it not a real game? Like, why is this not a real board? Game? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I th- I think I think one thing we can definitely agree on is they have all the games in the near post apocalyptic. Uh, world of detroit yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then also i would love to know what the tv show is i'd buy that for a dollar how long did that show last is that the only show they can watch like they show the same scene like three times in the movie i'm like is this a movie is it a show is this the only thing y'all can well, watch that reminds me a lot of uh, let's make a deal yeah and like and, like, during the day, like, when I would be, like, stuck home with my grandma or something like that yeah. when I was a kid, like, we used to watch that, and then we used to watch uh, Bonanza or something oh like that. And then when she would fall asleep, I would watch Wild Wild West. Oh <laughs> oh, wait, the old TV show Wild Wild West? Are we all, are we all just... Are we yeah. all just getting ready to watch MeTV? Hey. Yeah. Are hey. we all? <laughs> hey, you don't mess with MeTV, all right? You don't mess with it. <laughs> you don't mess with it. Yeah, you're right. I don't want the AARP uh, army to come at me. <laughs> oh, I saw, I saw a very strange, very strange commercial yesterday. They were like, th- it was little kids like, thanks for telling me about not doing drugs. Thanks for telling me about 
being friends with people, but thanks for not locking up your handguns. And then it's just like dead silence after a gunshot, and I'm like, wow. What? Wow. What? That's too much. So that's a weird, dark segue into one point I wanted to make about this movie. Uh, Paul Verhoeven does an amazing job spoofing how all action movies are terrible about gun safety. Yep. Both in production and on screen. Like, uh, rule number one of gun safety is do not point it at something that you do not intend to fully destroy. And there are people in this movie just waving fully automatic rifles in front of people's faces and they're just unfazed and are like, "What? what is going on here? Be careful with that thing. Jesus, that will turn someone to Swiss cheese. Oh, it did. You shoot so your eye out, kid. Researching for, <laughs> as a matter of fact, in, in researching for this show, um, I learned that Peter Weller um, actually had to take a, a class or like a course or some sort of instruction on uh, spinning the gun around with his finger. Wow! And they also had to get like FBI approval for this model of weapon that they were using in the movie. Wow. And Peter Weller said it was so big it was like swinging around somebody's arm or something by your oh, finger. God. Yep. <laughs> and like I mean that gun was like you know, oh, that is a big fucking gun. It was like Megatron like back in the day. <laughs> it's it's like a desert eagle on steroids. Yeah, it's a huge gun. Things fucking insane. Uh but yeah, he had he actually like practiced that as a child, like doing the the gun spinning and he had to he had to be certified enough to to do it in the in the film. Uh do you want to talk about uh Annie Lewis, uh played by Nancy Allen? You want to talk about cuz I really like her and Murphy's relationship cuz it's basically just two friends trying to get through the day. There's no sexual tension, there's nothing like yeah. you know like oh they first meet and they just want to have sex. Like it's it feels like a real friendship. You know what I mean? Like it feels real. Again, another thing where knowing that it's a Paul Verhoeven movie really contextualizes it very well. Because even Starship Troopers, the the women character in that in that movie, pass the Bechtel test with flying colors because they're all their own person with body autonomy uh, and verbal autonomy, and like they don't exist to serve a male character protagonist. They're just badass on their own. And same thing with uh, with this character. With uh, Lewis. Officer Ann Lewis. She's fucking great. And she kicks ass. And she saves Murphy's ass until she literally can't. But then saves it again, kind of. <laughs> Which is interesting because there was an iteration of this movie that did have an affair going on between Murphy <sighs> and Lewis. I'm glad yeah. we didn't get that one. Yeah. Because that would have ruined it. Because I, I agree with you. I think I think that's what made her character yeah. so different from a lot of the other characters and you know kind of you know kind of in a in a realm of back in the day of Ripley from Alien. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that inspiration for sure. Because yeah. I mean if you think about it, you know, Murphy as as a character was pretty lost throughout the whole movie. Like yeah. he was just kind of like spinning around from like situation to situation and just kind of like reacting like like in between dreams he was having like these more lucid dreams where he was getting shot at and he was shooting at people yeah and it had to be like you know 
in 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 the frame of the movie like that that situation like Murphy wasn't all that all that much there like he was just kind of reacting to a lot of stuff and yeah. not like acting and Lewis was the one who was like Actually processing everything driving. and like yeah. you know trying to trying to keep him you know trying to keep him alive yeah keep him sane so, yeah, yeah like, bring him back to his his, yeah. his shoes uh yeah and then you want to talk about uh Clarence oh my god Foot up their ass, man. <sighs> Foot up their ass. Huh? Clarence's. Oh, fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah, Red. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they. They. Um. He was actually the crime lord in league with Dick Jones. And that was um that was Miguel Ferrer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Bob Morton was Miguel. Oh Ferrer. no, Dick Jones was the older guy. Ronnie Cox. Right? Oh, it was Ronnie Cox. Yeah. Okay. I uh yeah I thought uh, I thought Red Foreman as a bad guy in this movie was, um, it it was funny. Cause what else was he in? Was he also in um, Die Hard or something like that? No 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 he wasn't in that one. I don't th- I don't think he was. Maybe I haven't seen any Sad's Past Three. Any of the Die Hard. I feel like he was in something else where he um, was like an angry criminal. Um, but he makes he, a good angry criminal as he opposed was, yeah, to he's the in Star Trek Lower dad. Decks. The um, only other thing I know him from besides that '70s show is a Star Trek Voyager two-parter. Oh, jeez! Where he played uh, an alien scientist whose ship was stuck in a time loop because he kept trying to save the planet that his experiments accidentally destroyed. It was a butterfly effect thing. Okay. It, it was a classic uh, time machine paradox. You're thing. talking about lower decks. Time you go the back lower decks time, episode. Uh, no, no, I'm not talking about lower decks. I'm talking about Star Trek Voyager. Oh, I thought you were talking about lower decks. He he was a full on alien scientist ship captain in Star Trek Voyager. I don't remember the name of the episode. He also played uh, JFK's bodyguard in a robot chicken sketch. So, uh, if anyone listening knows the name of that Star Trek Voyager episode I'm talking about, email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Oh, I found out. I found it. Or if Twitter's still a thing it. when this episode You're comes out. You're talking about Star Trek Voyager or Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Voy- Voyager. Uh, that was two episodes in 97. He played Anorox, A N N O R A X. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Was here to bust that ass. I don't exactly know what seasons they are, but it, it was the '97. You, you don't need to. This is a very long tangent, here just to uh, just to, to establish he's one of the bad guys in this movie. I'm super bad. He he's the bad guy that's like the lieutenant for the worst he, bad guy. He also was in Deep Space Nine as Therax, T H A R X. So he's in Star Trek Universe twice. Of course he was. I'm even better than that other That's guy. amazing. B-Rocks. Uh, but yeah, Bob Morton uh, was the guy who, you know, tried to get up and bring his friend. Was it Jimmy that he brought? And got Jimmy got shot by Ed 209. You got Ray Weiss. Jimmy. Oh what about God. So Ray Weiss, the guy who we went Jimmy. to go find in the nightclub. You know the guy dancing like really loudly, like just dancing crazy everywhere? That's Paul Verhoeven's cameo in <laughs> the movie. That's Verhoeven, isn't That's it? him. Verhoeven has a cameo in the movie. I did not know that. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, I think he's. I think it's right, right around the nightclub. Yeah, he's uh, 
Well, Par Verhoeven was the guy who was dancing like really like a lot. Like in that scene when RoboCop went to go get him, <laughs> that was Paul Verhoeven <laughs> dancing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just hope he dances like David yes. Frakes. <laughs> um so uh, so, any other parts that really stood out for you, stood out for you guys? Because I have one that uh, the petty officer, my little brother, or like, because I watched this movie when I was in high school, and he was, like he said, it was a badge of honor. He had, he, you know, he watched the scene that he made me rewind the most was when Emil got hit by by Clarence when he was like super, like, yes. help me. Yes, when he's doing the blow with yes. the hookers. Like, he made me rewind that scene, <laughs> like, five times. He's like, I want to watch it again. I'm like, okay. Of course. That's cool. Of course, yeah. naturally. Um, but no, I just, so... That's the, that's, like, the three boob scene yeah. in Total Recall. Or, or like, the scene in Apocalypse Now uh, at the that fucking sounds French sounds at Ridgemont High ranch. with Phoebe Cates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The honorable, the honorable Tussle's ear flaps of approval. I don't know whether to be, I don't know whether to feel disgusted or proud of us that we can all list off at least three movies that, as pubescent boys, we <laughs> wore the VHS out so much on that particular part of yeah, the tape. Yeah, I mean, we can also <laughs> mention the hot dog finger scene from Everything Everywhere at Once too, if you want, if you want that. <laughs> hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> Oh my god. Basic instinct. Um so so yeah, so let's go ahead and just so basically Murphy's having all these dreams, becoming crazy and finding to go find Clarence and to find everybody. Um and you know the scene where he's waking up? Yeah, cuz his his exactly. robo brain is interfering with his actual like thoughts that are trying to break free. Like all our robo brains do from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then and then we Admiral. basically hear there he is. RoboCop going and finding Clarence uh, and hunting them down. But he gets Clarence and he knocks the shit out of him. But Clarence is like, I work for Dick Jones. Just give me my fucking phone call. That scene was really great. I don't know how you guys felt about that scene. Yep. Fucking <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. I mean, that's a it's a... It's a good classic yeah. bad guy scene. Um, I think. I mean, I think he really makes a good bad guy, and it's funny that we're so used to seeing him in that '70s show. That, yeah. That you watch these older movies, you're like, "Oh man, he's yeah. a badass." <laughs> I'm kind of curious about that '90s show coming out soon, because I feel like they turned they took him down a few notches. Well, I'm sure he's older, less grumpy, <laughs> older and calmer. <laughs> Um. Yeah, less grumpier. He started smoking. He's not as the grumpy that his he's kids old. left behind. He's <laughs> not as a curmudgeon. He's he's smoothed out in his age. Why is he the only one that looks aged, and everyone he's else just hasn't? His way. Because the actress who plays Kitty is just amazing and immortal. Yes, she is. And then there's a real weird prime directive because he has the three directives. Robocop has the three directives that he follows, but the fourth one's mysterious. Said he tries to go and capture Dick Jones, and he can't because he cannot. And his brain malfunctions. Arrest anyone or kill anyone that works for OCP. So. I thought it was collect underpants. Hmm? 
thought it was collect underpants. Ah! Oh, God. Oh, my and God. then Prime Directive 5, profit. <laughs> In chaos, profit. <laughs> um, and so then I love the board scene, how he's like, how he, how he basically shows uh, Dan O'Hara, oh, O'Hara, O'Hara, the old man in charge of uh, OCP, basically like, hey, look, um, look what Dick Jones has done. And I like how he's like, you're a horrible person. You're, you're fired. And I love how Robocop's like, thank you. And he shoots him. Thank you. Bam. <laughs> he shoots him. And I don't know if it was you. Appreciate it. But like, when I was younger, those clay arms falling down the building to me was a little bit weird and larger than normal. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I love all the claymation in this movie. <laughs> it worked so well. It honestly looked a little bit better than some of the rushed digital animation that's come out in the last few years. Oh, uh, like, uh, what was it, Blade 2? Yeah. The fight scene in front of those lamps. Oh my god. <laughs> Have y'all seen Pinocchio yet? On Netflix? No. No. I don't know if uh, I want to. Me and Patron to. actually just watched it. It was really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I already really love Guillermo del Toro, um, but... Have you seen Cabinet of Curiosities? No. Ooh. Is I it I don't think good? I have either. On Netflix, yeah. That's a, it's like a, um, like a horror, like, vignette, sort of, kind of like a Black Mirror. Oh, cool. Really All right. Good. It's oh. like, he keeps opening up little doors to the cabinet... And, like, each one is a different director. Oh, that's cool. And he's, like, kind of the host, like, Vincent Price. Oh, like, he's doing his own Tales from the Crypt kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, sort of like that, yeah. That's fun. It's, uh, they're, they're actually really well done, like, very, very well done. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's awesome. Oh, that's not, that was a Cabinet of Curiosity, you said? Yeah, uh, Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, and then RoboCop Saves the City... And uh, Detroit's saved for now, I guess. <laughs> for until, now. You know, yeah. until the next billion dollar corporation takes over. Uh, but I also love the scene because basically, le- wh- okay, so Robocop, let's be honest, is basically a, an allegory for Jesus Christ. Um, uh, a person is reborn and he walks on water. Because in the one scene <laughs> oh, at yeah, the he end. He literally does, doesn't he? He walks on water. He literally does. Yeah. I forgot about that. I wonder what the what the impulse behind that was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then uh, you got Ray Weiss shot up, gets blown to bits by 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 Officer Lewis. <laughs> and then I love how Clarence is trying to kill him, trying to kill him, trying to kill him, and then fucking kills him. Like RoboCop kills Clarence, and Lewis helps. It's such a great scene to have, you know, Clarence dead, RoboCop alive, and Lewis there to help him back on his feet. And then we get RoboCop 2, and I haven't watched anything since RoboCop 2. So I, I didn't Ooh. even... I, I haven't gone past RoboCop 1. Ooh. I, I think I saw the 2014 RoboCop pretty recently, and I don't want to watch it again. RoboCop 3 is rough, y'all. Oh, <laughs> RoboCop 3 involves a samurai robot. Oh my god. Okay, I kind of need to watch that now. Yeah. I don't think That's I've, seen, oh, no, I sorry, think it's I've a ninja seen robot. fully. I don't think I've yeah. seen the third one fully. Oh, wow. RoboCop 3 is such, like, 
he has like a jetpack and like the the samurai robot and he has a sword and like different attachments for his <laughs> arm and like <laughs> they so, like they so were toys they were, so toys hundred percent toys okay. yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> they they were going hard on toys like my god Turbo Man style oh my god <laughs> it's Turbo so, time. <laughs> Here on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. Whole gem, amazing movie. Half gem, it's all right. No gem, skip it. Dr. Alma Kringle, what did you think of the original RoboCop? Oh, I, I love this movie. Like, I, I love this movie up and down. Um, you know, RoboCop, we, I, we, had, we had a security guard in high school for a different school that we used to call RoboCop because he would, like, stalk up and down the Oh, my streets. God. Um, so yeah, I mean, RoboCop is an absolute gem for me. I, I love this movie to death. Hell yeah. <laughs> what about you, Admiral? Full gem. Love this movie. Thought it was amazing. Yeah, same. Uh, and made a lot more sense to me when Dr. Almond Kringle said, you know, everything that Paul Verhoeven wanted to do with RoboCop but didn't get a chance to, he put it into Starship Troopers. And let me, let me throw this out real quick. Verhoeven went RoboCop... Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, and Hollow Man. That that's hard. That's hard yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot such of a insane genre bending characters. Movies. Like yeah, no, like that 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 just jumps everywhere. Like post near apocalyptic Detroit. Total Recalls like futuristic, Mars? like Question here mark? to Mars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basic Instinct was a movie all of its own. Showgirls was, you know, it might not have been the best movie, but it was definitely a unique <laughs> movie. It's a movie. <laughs> and then Starship Troopers and Hollow Man were both like Starship Troopers, like kind of bent bent what we know to be like aliens v- battling, you know, good guy military people. Yeah. And Hollow and Man propaganda. was a really creepy movie. Like, I don't know. I don't know how many people saw pa- Hollow Man. Paul Verhoeven but. kind of got the ball rolling with the idea of propaganda being mind poisoning in very subtle and insidious ways. He kind of got the ball rolling with RoboCop before he went just full pedal to the metal in uh, Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, see, uh, but uh, but Maestro, you haven't seen Hollow Man, have you? Because I'm talking this for not. Dr. Almont Kringle. Hollow Man 2 is really bad. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the second one, Dr. Almont Kringle. It's fucking weird. Well, the se- it's, it's, I mean, it's not the best movie. Um, Hollow Man was... Uh, who, who was it? Uh, oh, I can't say was his it? name. Um, fucking what, is, what was his name? Who I'm was the star in... Uh, yeah, I'm, Kevin I'm Bacon. Kevin you. Bacon. Oh. Yeah, Hollow Man is Kevin Bacon. I mean, he's um, not in Hollow Man too. Let's, let, let, I mean, yeah, but no, Elizabeth Shoes in this movie. I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it's creepy. Do, do we need yeah, to and watch Hollow that Man at some two point? Is even is, weirder. You should watch it. No, yeah, Hollow. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I watched Hollow Man one, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw Hollow Man two. But oh, hey, just roll it. Hollow Man one's pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess the other thing we mentioned is you mentioned beforehand uh, before we started recording. That you did, were doing a little research and you saw uh, a RoboCop series in the early nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I ran into a RoboCop television series, um, which I guess was after Verhoeven left. 
Um, and it could have been the second person that played RoboCop. That's the other thing, is uh, the other RoboCop movies didn't even have Peter Weller in them. Um, so, it's like, <laughs> it's like, eh. But uh, there was some kind of, like, beef with the with the studio, I guess, and, like, oh wow, Weller pulled out of the second one, I guess. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what happened, uh, to he, be honest. He, I think they um, but, yeah, there was I'll a... Tell you. I'll look it up. You go ahead. Uh, it was just uh, it was it was interesting because it was you know like they didn't use a lot of special effects obviously but it was a lot more special effects than I gave it credit for in the early nineties. Um, I never saw it when I was young, so I, I never even knew it existed. So I'm not sure where it existed, but the fact that it existed kind of threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between RoboCop and RoboCop Two, I guess. But yeah, there was like at least like four, maybe five different iterations of RoboCop, um, including the one, two, and three. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, so... Well, I guess including one, two, three, and the remake, there was probably about so six. So, Peter Weller was in RoboCop oh, yeah. 2. But, he... Yeah, well, he, he wasn't was, too. He was, uh... He wasn't able to reprise his role due to scheduling conflicts of Naked Lunch in 1991. Uh, so that's why he wasn't able to okay. do RoboCop three, is because he already had prior commitments to a movie. It's amazing. He has going to lunch naked. <laughs> um, oh, and also, uh, did I ever? I don't know if I told you guys that I've met Peter Weller before, RoboCop himself. Um, I, I think you I yelled have. at him in the French Quarter. <laughs> 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 well, he yelled at me. Uh, I guess later after you yelled at him. Uh, in the French Quarter. Uh, this was uh, this is. Oh, it was in the French Quarter no, too. No, it was at the at the big box that they used to have, okay. where Wine and More is now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I was I was, it was late at night. We were getting ready to close, and we had a cut guy in there. And they were like, "Hey, go check on this guy over by uh, by Bluetooth speakers." So I went over. Was like, "Hi, how you doing today, sir? Can I help you with anything?" And he's just like, and it's just it's RoboCop, just like. Yeah, I was wondering if you had any iPods, and I'm just like, oh, God. Um, uh, uh, yes, we have iPods. Is there a particular kind you're looking for? Yeah, my daughter wants this kind. I'm just like, oh, my God, RoboCop's talking to me. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, why am I, why am I think something's going to happen to me? Oh, oh, it looks like we're out. It looks like we're just, out. I'm so just sorry. Just stay calm, or he, he will detect your uh, exactly. your heart rate elevation. I was like, I was like <laughs> it looks like we're out, Miss. It looks like we're out. You know, sorry, we don't have. It. What are you talking about? You're out, and I'm just like, oh my god, RoboCop's about to attack me. Oh shit. <laughs> Fuck, and I'm just like, um, so that attack. Yeah. I'm so I'm like. Well, we have this other one. Intruder I'll take it. Alert. Intruder Give me alert. three Bluetooth speakers, and I'll take this TV as well. And I'm just Unacceptable. like, all right, so whatever. And he just well, I wonder where he walked on out. That's weird. Yeah. I wonder if he lives here or something. I don't know. I don't know if he lives in New Orleans. Or he has lunch. a house. <laughs> like he, it was, it was like in 2011, 2012. So he might have been making a movie or something. Like, don't know. Yeah. Um. But, you know, he was an interesting character that actually I got to talk to in real life. Um, and uh, I wanted to let him know that I really liked RoboCop, but I was afraid to that he would yell at me. So that's why, that's why I didn't. 
Why don't you Why don't you tell them what you wanted to tell them about RoboCop right now? Yeah, in case I Peter mean, look, Weller's totally listening to the show. I really, like, I really show. liked you at RoboCop, Mr. Weller. I know you're a fan. You listen to this podcast. Look, you did an amazing job. In RoboCop, you really brought a character to life that really didn't need any emotion, but yet you gave it emotion somehow, and you actually cared about your character, like, drawn, and you also actually went to therapy and talked to, talked to Lewis and talked to her about your feelings and about your child and about your wife, and we got to see the flashbacks of characters that we really didn't need to see, but you made us feel that way. And it's really nice to be the vessel of you in the movie. I'm sorry if that didn't make any sense whatsoever. No, that's Vessel really cute, actually. <laughs> that was really Fantastic cute. Fantastic Fantastic Frida's like, I care! You can pet me We're, we're gonna quote tweet this episode to, uh... <laughs> to fucking Robocop. Um, uh, and I guess the other thing I have to say is, is there anything else... Whoa, we got some ear flaps. That's what we got. Those are okay. wild-ass ear flaps, too. Ear, ear um, flaps. Do you guys have anything else to say about RoboCop from 1987? Uh, the, the music written by Basil Poldoris, uh, who you might recognize his name, not just from other uh, movies by this director, but also The Hunt for Red October. That's totally... Uh, Basil Poldorius, he's done a lot of awesome, uh, movie orchestral music. Fucking brought it with this. It's just great. It sets the tone perfectly. Basil kills it. Yep. <laughs> Basil. Did, uh, is, is this your favorite score he's done, or is Hunt for Red October? Uh, Hunt for Red October is easily number one. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, no contest. That is his best work, in my opinion. But this definitely, like, it got it laid the groundwork for what he would eventually do with a bigger budget. I like how the Honorable Tesla also agrees with you about uh, Hunt for Red October. Of was, course he does. He Te- it's it's well established in the canon of the show that Tesla has it. impeccable taste in music. <laughs> yep. Free to two. Well, guys, thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Zebra, for letting us be on your website, lowrampictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us put your music in our show every time. And also, guys, I just want you to say to everything from here, from every one of our hearts and everything, thank you guys for another great year for y'all listening on the podcast because this is the last episode of 2022. Um, Next week... we will be basically just uh, the best and worst of 2022 or our 2023 hopefuls. It is the but maestro's choice of which episode we do first because the other one we're doing after. So, your choice. <laughs> Let, let's, we, we will figure that out afterwards. Uh, but before we go, happy holidays, whether it be belated or still ongoing holidays for you. I believe when we are... Uh, Recording this show, uh, Admiral, am I wrong in thinking that it's the last night of Hanukkah? Uh, no, it ended at sunset. It ended at 5.30, my time. Ah. So, yeah. Uh, well, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, happy Life Day, happy, uh, Christmas for all of us D&D nerds. (laughs) Non-denominational D&D nerds. And also, uh, happy Life Day to all the Star Wars fanatics. 
Yes. Um, Indubitably. Uh, and guys, also we have to say is thank you, Dr. Almont Kringle, for coming on. Is after this busy holiday season. That's the main reason why we did it the week after Christmas is because we know how busy you would be, not only as a uh, as a caregiver but also as a hardworking employee. Um, so thank you very much for Dr. Almont Kringle is so fucking classy that he was applauding for himself. <laughs> thank you for having me. Anytime, buddy. It's magnificent to be here. Uh, it, the honor is all ours. Love having you, man. It's always an extra fun time with you on. Uh, before we go, uh, as always, it's always fun when it's always fun when we do a Doctor Almont Crinkle episode. Oh, we we have always to have done. him back. Always done. We have to have him back. Uh, before we go, thank you as always to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family. We love y'all. Stay strong. I know we're all doing our best, and the holiday season's almost over. We're about to roll right into another fucking one. Mm-hmm. We'll make it work. We always do. Love y'all. Love y'all, Swapper Jacks. All right, guys. All we have to say is thank you for being here. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for letting us into your hearts for another year. And just, I guess, listening to us whenever you want. But Swapper Jacks, we're always here for you guys in Florida and also in the New Orleans area and beyond. Uh, so, guys, just thank you for being there. And also, thank you for Dr. Almont Kringle. Thank you for Marty and the Eric Observer. Thank you for Kevin George. But also remember, guys that we'll see you next year so wipe your hooves and see you later but remember black lives always always matter matter, guys love y'all bye peace bye